Aloha. Welcome to the podcast for the 41st Annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Holly Kalani. My name is Anderson Lay, and I'm the Artistic Director for the festival. My guest today is Kamiko Matsuda-Lawrence, who uh, was on our Made in Hawaii jury and uh, also is a writer-director who hails from D.C. and Honolulu. And we're going to talk more about her journey as a as a writer-director and, um, and also her uh, jury duties here at HIF. Um, also, you know, uh, really quickly, you know, regarding Kimiko, um, well, first of all, how, how did I, how did I meet you? I met you actually on Zoom yes. almost a year ago, maybe a year ago. Yeah. And, in uh, deep pandemic, in deep, deep <laughs> pandemic, pandemic times and just more of a kind of like getting to know each other, meeting greet kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you're, you're zooming in from Manoa, mm-hmm. right? And I was zooming in from, I think. Nuuanu or something. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you're basically, uh, you've been on the, the continent for, for many years for school and then yeah. also for your career. And then when the pandemic happened, your parents told you to come back and yeah. you were sheltering here I for a while. I came home for almost a year. I was yeah. living in my parents' house and it was really good to be home though during such a scary time. Right. Right. So, Kimiko, uh, let's talk about you. Um, you first kind of after school, after you, 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 you graduated, you, uh, I believe moved to New York mm-hmm. and you worked in Broadway. Can yeah. you talk about your kind of initial journey there? Yeah. So basically I had always been writing and directing plays in college. That wasn't my major. I majored in history and literature and African American studies, but I did that sort of as my extracurricular. I wrote and directed a play called I Too Am Harvard my sophomore year. And then my senior year, I did one called Black Magic. And I was kind of on the track to, go to grad school and be an academic. Like both my parents are professors at UH. So I thought I was going to like do the professor thing and get a PhD. And I was kind of on that track. But um, when I directed that play my senior year, I just like, I was really in love with just doing that. And um, I had gotten accepted into like a master's in history program um, at Oxford. And I was like, oh, I'm not excited about this at all, but I'm really excited about going down to the theater and doing tech rehearsals till like after midnight for this play. So I was like, oh, I think this is trying to tell me something. And I was like, I think I have to listen to this and I can always go to grad school, like maybe after a year or after a couple years, but I really want to try to find a job in theater after school. So I was really doing, I was on my hustle, like trying to get coffees with people and sending mm-hmm. cold emails to people and working all my, you know, trying to get connections in the theater world to get a job after graduation. And I ended up um, getting my first job after that summer after graduation, um, working as assistant director on Anna DeVere Smith's play notes from the field. And mm-hmm. it was playing at a theater in Boston. And then it moved to New York. So I moved to New York with the show working on that. Um, but this woman who had worked with me on the um on the production in Boston she introduced me to one of her friends who was in New York who's a really phenomenal writer and playwright and TV writer named Tracy Scott Wilson mm-hmm. so i got dinner with her when i went to New York um and she kind of put the TV writing thing in my ear like she was like have you ever thought about TV writing she was a writer on the americans at that point and so every so often she would like kind of check in with me and 
you know, oh, we've got a PA position open in the writer's room or this, but I was like very much in the theater world at that right. time. And I was working in these theater jobs. So I worked that assistant director job on that play when it was off Broadway at second stage. And then I was working as an assistant to a Broadway director for maybe like a year. And then I was like stage managing on a show. So I was doing all of these kind of assistant positions. And then I actually worked as like, a personal assistant, like second personal assistant to Carrie Washington when she was on Broadway at American Sense. So I was doing all of these assistant jobs, which, you know, a lot of that job is like getting the coffee and yeah. the salad and walking the dog and getting the groceries. It's, it's not, or like at the most, maybe taking notes or like running lines, but it's not a super hands-on creative mm -hmm. job. And, um, I also just felt like, sort of as an as a lower level assistant i didn't have much of a voice in the room like in in a creative way you know and right. i was also feeling kind of very isolated as like a person of color mm -hmm. um in that environment because in almost all the rooms i was in it was like completely white creative team even sure. if the play was dealing with like characters of color and things like that yeah. so of course there were some like problematic things that were coming up and i was definitely feeling like kind of a little bit isolated and sort of alienated in that environment because I didn't really have, you know, any sort of power or voice to right. like speak back to those things. Or when I did, it was sort of like dismissed or, oh, you're being too critical, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a frustrating experience. And then on top of it, I was seeing the audience coming in every night and it was like majority, like older, older rich, white, white audience. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that this is the only audience I want to see my work, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's happening. And also that was like the year I, um, I guess that was the year I like went to my first film festival and it was sort of by accident because I'd heard about this movie Moonlight yeah. and I was like, oh, I want to see it. So I heard there was a screening at Lincoln Center and that was New York Film Festival. But right. I didn't even really know about that yet because I wasn't like film wasn't completely on my radar yet. Sure. But um, I went and I stood in the rush line for a long time. I got there like two hours early and I got in and I saw it and it was like when the lights came up, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do with mm -hmm. my life. Like this is what I need to do. It was sort of a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, in this super white theater space feeling kind of like alienated and alone and then like seeing that film and being like oh this is so exciting and then seeing also like there was a lot of exciting stuff happening in Hollywood over the next couple of years like you know it was like Atlanta and Insecure and like Get Out and Crazy Rich Asians like all of this exciting stuff with people of color was coming starting to like happen in Hollywood and I was like how do I get over there so I reached out to Tracy Scott Wilson after maybe like I don't know, a year, a year and a half of working in theater. And I was like, okay, I think I'm finally ready. I want to like make the, try to make the leap from theater into TV and film. And so, um, she had introduced me to her friend, Tommy Kale, the director who is the director of Hamilton and he right. did Fosse Verdon. And, um, he met with me and, Oh, Tracy also was like, you got to write a sample. So I wrote this script that was like, I'd written scripts, plays, but I'd never yeah. written something for screen. So it was like a short script, kind of a coming of age story that was sort of based on like my experience in like middle school. Um, and so I wrote that script. It was called Junior High. And that's something I actually still really want to shoot as a short someday. Sure. Um, and I entered it in this like screenwriting competition um, for like alums of the college I went to. And I ended up like winning it. And as for the winners, they give you a mentor. They assigned you like a mentor who's also another alum. And that's how I met Manette. So she was assigned at Manette Louie, the oh, producer. Manette Louis, yes, 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 yes. Like incredible producer. And so mm -hmm. she was sort of 
matched with me as a mentor and she's been like an incredible you know mentor and inspiration to me like i'm just starting like producing for the first time like with this film i did this past summer and Mm -hmm. she's like really been a great mentor with that um and also connected me to hip and to you so um (laughs) that that's been really wonderful um but yeah so basically met Tommy, he introduced me to the woman who runs his production company, Kate Sullivan. And she um, basically, you know, a lot of people have been telling me, you got to like go to LA and do meetings. I think it's a little different now because it's Zoom, but before Zoom Zoom was big, you know, before pandemic, it was sort of like a lot of people were telling me, oh, you got to like go to LA and meet people. Go to the rooms, meet them in the room. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I was, I had I think I was between jobs and I've been home for a little bit. I was on my way back to New York to start the job with the Kerry Washington assistant job. And so I stopped in LA for like a week and I had this one meeting lined up with Kate Sullivan from Tommy Kale's production company. And so she was like, Oh, do you have a sample? And I just finished my sample because the deadline for that competition was like the day before. So I sent it to her and she like got out her laptop and started sending it. Like she started sending it to people she knew, which is like, kind of crazy considering like she hadn't read my work tommy and tracy hadn't read like no one had read me yet Mm -hmm. but so it was kind of like i guess lucky for them that i could at least write kind of write (laughs) and you wrote it as a short film script yeah not as a pilot yeah it was like for the shorts category of this screenwriting competition it said that it was like a 30 page max so i just wrote a 30 page short basically which is kind of long like how to write a short film i know i like never i was just like (laughs) i i kind of just winged it and i and i it came out of me very fast yeah yeah. and i wrote in like two weeks it came out very fast because it was just like kind of memories like it was very much like from my own experience um and so i i wrote that and yeah so then kate sent it to some people and one of the people she sent it to was alana mayo who's Mm -hmm. now at orion but at the time was at michael b jordan's production company um and so she sent it to lena waith and rishi rajani who runs her company her Mm -hmm. production company and that's kind of how i got on their radar for Mm -hmm. the first time and i think i did a call with them like that that week but i was already back in new york and then i was doing that job um with carrie and that kind of went for like maybe four months and you know some months went by and i was kind of like oh well that trip was cool and some people seemed to like my writing but nothing really came from it so i gotta write another script so then i started working on like my first pilot script um well, I like, I guess I started working at the, on it that fall and I only just finished it. Like I thought I had finished it, but right. you know, like rewriting and yeah. rewriting and rewriting. And it's um, another original idea, not a, yeah, not a based on that. Yeah. It's yeah. also original and also kind of like coming from some person, from personal experience, but mm-hmm. sort of more about like a little bit older characters, like in their twenties. Um, yeah. and sort of like finding themselves and figuring out their lives. And, um, I started writing that then and that was like maybe. I don't know, 2018 fall mm-hmm. and only just finished it during pandemic. So it shows that it can take a long time sure. to really finish a script. And sometimes when you think it's done, it's not done yet. And it takes a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it finally got to the place it needed to be where I was like, okay, I can finally say right. like that I'm okay with this thing being right. in the world and me being done with it only just like a year ago. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So then. Still a personal assistant for Kerry Washington yeah, back and then, in New York. Oh, so then that following spring, I think I had just started a new job as like an assistant to a director, but it was, um, I had been it only like a week or two when I got this email from Rishi and he was like, we're staffing for 20s, which was Lena's new show that was about to come out that, or 
they were working on it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want you to come and do an interview with the showrunner, Susan Faleshill, wow. who's the show. She was executive producer and showrunner on A Different World back in the wow. day. So she's like a real OG yeah, showrunner. Yeah phenomenal terrific showrunner um and so we met in new york because she's based in new york and then we really hit it off and i guess it went well because like two weeks later i was out in la starting the job so that was like my first writer's room that i was ever in and i was so intimidated (laughs) and like in over my head like i'd never been in a writer's room Uh i'd never been in hollywood and i'd never like pitched before and it's all happening so fast yeah you know um and I I didn't know how to pitch and I was just like really quiet and really intimidated like the first week and then Tracy checked in on me um my mentor who had like helped me get is the only reason I even got like in mm-hmm. that room in the first place her and all these other people who were kind enough to right. open doors for me and pass my script along and introduce me to people um and so she basically checked in on me and was like, oh, um, how's the room going? How are you feeling about it? And I was like, oh, I'm just super intimidated. I think I'm being too quiet and I don't know if I'm like doing a good job. And she was like, well, try to find one of the like upper level, more experienced writers in the room and try to talk to them outside of the room and just get some feedback on like, how am I doing? How right. So I did that um, and I talked to um, one of the upper level writers and she was like, well, yeah, you are kind of quiet, but you should just speak up more. Cause every time you talk, you always have like a real gym, like you have something really great to offer. So just like try to talk more. And so after that, I kind of slowly grew in confidence and got the swing of things. Cause it's just happening so fast and it really is improv. Like you're just coming off up mm-hmm. with things off the top of your head mm-hmm. and like, it moves so fast that sometimes, like at the beginning, I was like, I would get an idea, but by the time I thought of it in my head, it would be like, we'd be three steps ahead or someone would have said it already. But you just kind of get in the rhythm of it and you become more comfortable. And so by the end of the room, I was definitely like speaking up a lot more and had a lot of more confidence in my own voice. Um, And it was a really great room. It was like, our showrunner was amazing and it was all people of color. So it was like a really great vibe in the room. There were a ton of playwrights and people coming from theater and coming from New York. So I felt really good in that, in that environment. Um, And from there I went to Boomerang season two right after that. And then my third room was 20 season two, which is I think out now. So that was kind of my journey. And now I'm, now I've gotten into like the whole world of development, which is like new to me and Mm -hmm. kind of, also scary and intimidating mm-hmm. and like I don't know what I'm doing but right. and kind of like slow moving and you don't really know what's gonna happen and so technically I'm like developing a prod it's like I can't really talk about it, but I'm sure. like developing a project but who knows where it's gonna go yeah. you know or yeah. if it'll get made and like um there are so many points at which it can die or at which they can say sure. no yeah. um but it's like I had to go through the whole pitch process which was very like which was a lot it was mm-hmm definitely like one of the hardest things i've ever done but the actual hardest thing i've ever done is shooting a film right and that was like doing that this past summer was like i completely fell in love and i was like oh i like this so much better than being in a writer's room <laughs> well, i think i need to be a filmmaker right i mean in our in our, in our first zoom call yeah. like you were talking about you know you're you being a, a tv writer and whatnot but you're like no but i'm really i'm really i'm really a filmmaker I'm yeah like, oh, i really I mean, want to like yeah. be a filmmaker like and i then, want to be like all these people at the festival <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me about that really quick so yeah really quickly so you actually now in the past few months are in austin mm-hmm. we're in austin 
shooting that the short film so we actually shot it in new orleans oh, okay. and i'm the producer of it but i feel like i'm really like a creative producer like much Got like it. minette like it's like very hands-on sure. and it's like your script? workshopping no actually it's my partner's script oh. that she wrote okay. and she directed it and i'm like this is good for me because i can like now have all of these skills to direct right. my own I mean, you're wearing many hats yeah but it was like it was very hands-on it was very collaborative we workshopped the script together like we figured everything out together and actually the dp was a guy i met like literally on the street at Sundance outside an API event. So it was oh, like, cool. um, his name is Ray Huang and he was the DP on that film Snakehead. Oh, so okay. yeah, like he, like we just sent him the script during quarantine nice. and he like loved it and he came down to New Orleans and shot it with us and we like crowdfunded all the money for it and yeah. basically yeah. did it totally ourselves and it was both our first time shooting a film but it was really cool like through sort of like people we knew and connections we had and mentors we were able to get like a really great Panavision camera package mm -hmm. like pretty much like just for the prep fee like right. it was like we got all of these so great... you shot on film yeah no we didn't we shot on we shot digital but okay. it was like Panavision oh, cameras Panavision, and yeah, lenses yeah. and everything right. and um we had a phenomenal crew so really excited for that the film's called little trumpet and we're like starting to submit to film festivals cool. and getting that ready i look forward so, to seeing it yeah <laughs> so yeah just that and then like developing these projects and seeing like yeah. what'll happen um but it's it's one of those things where it's like you never really know what's gonna happen right so is, uh, I mean, uh, home base for you right now, Austin? Pretty much, but yeah. also kind of like, I'm not sure when I'll be going back to LA. Everything yeah. for like writing work right now has yeah. been remote, but yeah. when it goes back to in person, I'm sure I'll have to like go back or, there or New York, like New York. wherever, whatever writer's room is. But as far as the development stuff is going, I'm just like doing notes calls on Zoom and like doing all, like I had to do all the pitches on Zoom. Right. So yeah, but. That's been kind of my life right now. Yeah. But it's, so it's really good to be at the festival and be back in person with people. Yeah. Talk about, um, you know, really quickly about your, your jury duty as mm -hmm. the main Hawaii, uh, jury. Um, watching these, I believe 10 films from Hawaii. And, uh, and last night was the awards presentation. Yes. And then you, it was great. You gave, you, you awarded the, uh, the grand prize to, um, I was a simple man mm -hmm. for the feature. And then also for the short, it was um, River of Small Gods. Yes, both right? amazing Both films. amazing films. So, um, And we did honorable mention for Waterman as well. That's right. Yes. Honorable for Waterman as, as well. So um, good call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great choices. I, you know, but um, um, to, uh, kind of like looking at kind of the, the local filmmakers, uh, the independent film scene here, what is your kind of, um, what do you see as a, as a you know, yeah. creative yourself? Yeah, well, it was all just so inspiring to see all the amazing work that's coming out of Hawaii. And like, I, I, I felt really inspired. I was like, oh, I want to come home and shoot something someday. And just like the production quality was so high. Like, I just felt like the cinematography and the sound design and like the production design. It was all so great. And it shows that like you don't have to leave to make yeah. an amazing film. Like I was talking to Susan Stanton and like she was saying that, you know, when we were growing up, there was this kind of idea that was put in our heads when we were in high school or whatever, that you have to leave in yeah. order to, you know, if you want to have a career, career in the creative arts or if you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to be in Hollywood or any of these things. But I think now, and especially with like how Hollywood has become a little bit more accessible, mm -hmm. I think during the pandemic mm -hmm. with things like Zoom meetings and things like that, it just shows that, now you don't have to leave, you know? And um, 
I just feel like there's like some really bold and daring work that's coming out that really gets at a lot of the themes that are so important right now in Hawaii. You know, um, I was like really inspired by seeing all of the Hawaiian and Pacific Islander and indigenous filmmakers who are out there doing such phenomenal work. Like they inspire me. And I got to meet some folks here at the festival who I'd like seen their work maybe at other festivals. Yeah. Like Alika, I'd seen his film Mola Cut You Bound, like yeah. at the LA L-A-A-P-F-F yeah. a couple years ago and I was on the jury there and it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm such a big fan of yours and I'm finally getting to meet you. And obviously like both Chris's, Chris Yogi, Chris Kulanahana, mm -hmm. like, like love their films. And it's just like, I feel like we're having like a beautiful kind of renaissance moment almost of like yeah. all of these incredible, both shorts and features coming out of Hawaii. Yeah. And I'm just like, proud to be able to witness it and also inspired because I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I want to come home and shoot something here someday. Right. So yeah, it's just been really like awe-inspiring. And it was such an honor to be on the jury with both Sarah and Kaliko. Like we took our duty very seriously and we talked for such a long time yeah. about all of the shorts <laughs> and all of the yeah, features because yeah. it was a really hard decision. Yeah. Like there's so much great work and it's like, how do you even compare some of these projects, you know? Um, so it was definitely a hard decision, but I feel really good about the um, awards, you know, selections that we made and really proud of all the filmmakers who participated. Because I like having shot a film this past summer and just a short one. I know how hard it is to make a short and I'm sure it's like 100 times harder to make a feature. So I definitely appreciate it and sort of see things that I wouldn't have seen before and, um, you know, notice a lot of things that. I know are difficult to accomplish that people really knocked out of the park in this festival and props to you and all the programmers because you really curated an amazing selection of films for that category. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, it's very exciting to see so much. I mean, actually this year's edition had the most films from Hawaii. Amazing. At the festival, so which is yeah. really, really exciting. Um, maybe on, and just for my last question for uh, to wrap things up, I believe, um, Seeing I Was a Simple Man mm -hmm. uh, as our centerpiece presentation, that was kind of, was that your first time back in the theater? Yes, it was. After, after the pandemic? <laughs> so tell me about that experience. Yeah, it was my first time seeing a film on the big screen in a theater since, oh gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to think what's, I can't even remember what the last, like, 18 months. It might have been like yeah. Sundance 2020, 20, like yeah. January 2020 right, right, was right, like the right, last yeah, time yeah, exactly. I, I saw films on a big screen and it was just so good to like come home to that and to remember what it feels like to just be completely immersed, you know, when the lights go down and it's just you like in this world that the filmmaker has created for you and like hearing the sound on those big speakers and seeing like, this huge screen in front of you. It's just magic. I feel like nothing really replaces it. And so thank you for giving me that opportunity. It felt very safe. You know, everyone was masked and I was in like an overflow room. So it was like not super crowded. Right. So I felt like very safe. Yeah. Um, but I just, I felt like I was able to be swept away and transported in a way that I haven't been able to like with my TV at home or my laptop. So thank you for giving me that experience because it was just, it's good to be back. And it just reminded me of the power of really seeing right. it in the cinema, you know. But at the same time, your parents who uh, are attending the, the, the film Yes, they're watching at home. Yeah, which is yes, great, and so. they're loving it. So yeah. it's like, you know, I was at the award ceremony last night and they were watching something from HIF at home. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that you did the hybrid thing, especially for, you know, my parents are a little older, so mm -hmm. they weren't quite feeling safe enough to sure. come back in person, but they did feel safe to watch at home. So 
I'm glad that we're all able to participate as a family in different ways. That's great. Well, uh, Kimiko, it was a great honor and privilege to have you on our Oh, same. I'm so honored to yeah. be here. I was just, I was so excited when you reached out to me. It's just wonderful to be able to come home, but to still be able to like be immersed in film, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, it's like the, the greatest two loves of my life. So <laughs> thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to do both. I'm sure we'll, we'll have you at the festival in future editions as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe as a filmmaker. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to submit in the future. Okay. So um, yeah, hopefully I can return and be on the other side of it. That'd be great. Oh, and also loved the talks, by the way. Oh, thanks. I went to the film festival strategy talk oh, cool. and that was super helpful because I'm in, in that right now yeah. in sub- submitting and got a lot of great advice on how to strategize your whole film festival right. submission strategy. So thank you for that. Just a shameless plug. All those film, film, film talks are free. It was and, free. And were, yeah. So, and also, uh, there'll be, um, a lot of them are streaming on, not streaming, actually archived and you can watch them because they're all recorded. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, thank you for so much, Kimik, for, yeah, for joining so us on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you also for, uh, for the audience who hopefully enjoying the remainder of the film festival. We encourage others listening to this to do the same, whether it's in person or in, in the theater or at home streaming online. Again, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast of the 41st Annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Holly Kalani. Special shout out to After Bruce uh, for their support. You can learn more about them by visiting afterbruce.com. Shout out also to Holly Kalani for providing this beautiful space for us to record this podcast. Uh, and also um, a shout out to Lingo for, uh, for producing this, this podcast as well. Uh, this podcast is executive produced by me and also Anderson Lay and also Becky Stocchetti, the um, ED, the executive director of HIF. Uh, for all you out there listening to this, on behalf of HIF, aloha and mahalo. Mm-hmm.